Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. It is Wednesday, June 7th, and this is our special Wednesday show where we interview somebody in the hobby or somebody that's famous or somebody that we love to talk to. Today, we have Brandon Versal, who is founder and producer for The Cards Life, Drew and I's favorite TV show. We're going to talk to Brandon about um, their third anniversary. The show is starting the third season. We're going to talk to him about his, the great show and all the cool things that he's uh stories that he's done and, and find out what he's got in store for the show for his third season so that'll be coming up brandon versal uh drew we got hockey yes. playoffs have you been Stanley watching Cup it? Finals. Our, our, our vegas yeah. knights are just going crazy oh god yeah i i haven't watched much of it i mean well I watched a little bit the other day of game two there. I turned it on and saw it was four nothing and uh, turned it off just about as quickly there. I, I think I saw Florida finally get on the board early in the third there. But then when Vegas got that fifth one, it's like, yeah, I can find better things to do with my time. Did you, did you see Matthew Kachuk's cheap shot? No, I did not. Really, really. End of the period, not, and he just went and cheap shot at a guy and they kicked they kicked them out. It was when it was seven nothing, I think. <laughs> Jeez. Not good. Yep. Not good. How about you've been watching basketball? We got the it's one to one Denver and Miami. I was surprised. I thought Denver was going to take this in four games, honestly. But um, Miami's tough. Yeah, I watched a little bit of game two. I caught uh, most of the second half of that one there. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's I thought Denver was going to run away with it, too. But I mean, hey, it's been two games. And I mean, they absolutely dominated game one and then game two. I mean, they just made a few mistakes here and there, I think. I think the series is still theirs for the taking. Very cool. Well, that great voice you're hearing on the other end is Drew Pelto. Drew is at DFW Graffer. He is from Dallas, Texas. Watch his YouTube uh, channel. He just posted a new video a couple of days ago, right? Uh, yeah, just uh, yesterday morning, I think is when I put it up. So make sure you check out his videos. Follow him on Twitter as well. My name is Jeff Baker, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And Drew and I do this for fun. Yeah. We just do it because we love to talk. We love to we love collecting. We love cards. We love TTM. And uh, you know, if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome aboard. We have uh, our listenership is just growing every week, and we really appreciate it. The guys that have been with us since day one, thank you. We have what the most powerful email address in the hobby, right, Drew? What's that? Indeed, that is ttmboo.com. Why don't you do that again? Because you faded out. Oh, geez, that always happens here. TTM cast at yahoo.com 
There you Hopefully go. We love better. to hear. We love to hear from you guys. You have to, if you want to enter any of our contests, if you want to send a question, we love to hear from you. We also are looking, always looking for collectors to feature on our collectors' corner on our Saturday show. So we do a show every Wednesday and every Saturday. This is our fifth year doing the show, and uh, you know, welcome if if you're a new listener and if you've been with us since day one. We we really appreciate it, uh, Drew. Uh, you know we. If, if you guys don't know, Drew works for Panini, and they had a break-in um, over the Memorial Day weekend, and you guys are up and running, right? Yeah, we're getting uh, gradually getting everything with computers back uh, up and going and everything. I don't know exactly what's running and what's not. All I know is that my portion of stuff, being able to pull photos for stuff, I can do that at least. We're still a bit delayed on getting those photos worked by the next department, but it's we're, they're working their way through it. They're trying to get everything reconnected, uh, re, uh, re-backed up, basically, and just figured out after all of that but we're getting our way through it and hopefully should be at totally 100 percent pretty soon yeah i think we're a little back to normalcy right from the, yes. uh, on a hobby end of it and on a business end of it no no crazy stuff going on right <laughs> no. yeah i mean this time last week uh, i was sitting there at home like well what do i do now um yeah i can't really do anything work related i'm just gonna you know sit here stare at the computer hopefully something will start working and if not in the meantime well i've got other stuff i can do around the house here i guess but uh yeah back at it now at least very good well true i think we we got uh all our introductions uh, let's 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 uh get into leading off what's who's leading off batting lead off it's hobby happening let's get the show started leading off we look at hobby happenings Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. He's the man. He is the man. <laughs> well, I just want to remind, uh, remind everyone, we have a, a, a new sponsor has been with us now for a couple months now. It's Collects. Collects is which are great, great app. You can go and scan your cards and, and, uh, and uh, find out the values of them and, uh, you know, keep inventory in the whole thing. Well, Collects is offering a $10 coupon. This is just the TTM cast listeners. You get $10 off your first purchase in their marketplace or, or on uh, if you want to buy a Collects hat or, or sweatshirt or something. And it's really easy. All you have to do is just send us your name and your email address to TTMcast at yahoo.com. Put $10 coupon in the subject line and uh, we'll send your name off to Collects. And then all you have to do to, to return is you have to make sure that you have Collects downloaded in your um, on your app, on your phone or, or iPad. So they're available in Google Play. They're also available in the App Store. And then they'll take care of the rest. They'll send you the $10 coupon and away we go. So if you want to get a free 10 bucks from Collects, just send me your name and your email address to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Also, I have another uh, raffle that I'm going to give away. We're going to give away next Saturday. I have a, a Chico Walker who played for the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Mets. He signed a five by seven card for me at Fenway Park the other day, and I got I got an extra one to give away to you guys. So that all you have to do is just send me your name and your mailing address. Put Chico or Chico Walker in the subject line, and we're going to give one of these away uh, next Saturday. Okay, so if you want, all you have to do is send your name and your mailing address to and put Chico in the subject line too. TTMcast at yahoo.com. Boy, Drew, you're making a lot of money today, my friend. Making a lot of money today. 
And we'll get that very up my, I'm trying to vary up how I say it a little bit too there. <laughs> don't change what's perfect, right? Yeah. Well, I, just, I, I don't want anyone thinking that I'm just you know, like pressing a button or something like that. That's right. These are live reads, guys, live reads. So yes. we're going to give away a Chico worker five by seven. All you have to do is name and your mailing address and uh, put Chico in the subject line. And we will give that away next Saturday. See, Drew, we just give and give and give, right? Of course. That's that's a, that's what we do. <laughs> well, we have some na- new national signers. We've got nationals about a month away now, a month and a half away. And, and uh, they're, they're still announcing signers at the national. Yeah. 10 new names added to the list. And, uh, a very Atlanta-centric list here as well for these 10, which is weird because the show is in Chicago. But leading off the list, four former Atlanta Braves, Andrew Jones, David Justice, Dale Murphy, and Gary Sheffield all are going to be there. Also, a former coach of the Atlanta Hawks, Lenny Wilkins, is going to be there as well. So, I mean, that's half the list right there is former Atlanta people. You're also going to see added on there Daryl Strawberry, a couple of basketball Hall of Famers, and Dave Bing, George Gervin. Dennis Rodman and how Charlie Scott added to the list as well. So 10 new names just added in the past week. Always great to see that. Yeah. A few guys that are first nationals too. I think Dave Bing is a first national and I think Charlie Scott is too. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Yeah. But sounds like it. I don't remember hearing his name associated with it at any point. Looking forward to it. We'll get some auction uh, results from PWCC. PWCC. These are all um, this past week and they've been auctioning off. Uh, PSA 10 1969 Tops basketball cards, and they're re- realizing uh, big re- big results. Jerry Lucas's uh, card, which is his rookie card, went for $84,000. Connie Hawkins, he's a Hall of Famer, right? I think so. At least, I mean, he's at least a big name if he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think so, too. He went for $78,000, and Paul Silas went for $66,000, and he pa- just passed away recently. So um, three three guys, uh, let Jerry Lucas, 84 thousand connie hawkins seventy eight thousand paul silas sixty six thousand these are all psa tens all on pwc marketplace we have some great grading numbers to let you guys know about yes we do from the holiday weekend may 29th through the 4th everybody down a little bit i mean that's to be expected though when you've got a holiday going on like that but psa had 186,000 cards still go through their offices as a 23 percent decrease sgc 9100 C, uh, CGC 10,700, both those a 37% decrease. Interesting, they had the same percentage decrease right there among those two. Yep. Beckett seeing a major drop right there. 5,200 cards going through. It's a 64% drop in their grading numbers. Yeah, I mean, obviously grading has been down probably four or five out of the last six weeks, right? The, it, we've been yeah. kind of a skewing lo- a lot uh, less, and it's been down anywhere from 5 to 10% every week, right, Drew? Yeah, it seems like it. Now, I mean, big one here, which, I mean, like we said, it's a holiday weekend. It's to be expected to some degree, but I didn't see that big of numbers coming. Yeah, and we'll have the big three on uh, Saturday from our friends at Gemrate. So we get all our uh, grading statistics from Gemrate. So thank you and look forward to the big three on Saturday. Right, Drew? Yes, exactly. All right, we got some new releases coming out this week. Uh, we have Top Series 2. We've talk, been talking about that for three or four weeks now. Tops 2023 Baseball Series 2. You get 24 packs, 14 cards per uh, pack, which is great. You get one auto or relic and one bonus silver pack for about 100 bucks. So uh, good to see that Series 2 is out. And, uh, you know, it's the same. Obviously, it has the same look as Series 1. But, uh, you know, all the guys that were missing from Series 1, a lot of rookies are now in Series 2. So make sure you pick that up. Those are only they're about 100 bucks. Uh, we don't have a price tag on this one yet, but Upper Deck Extended Series Hockey has uh, hit the shelves. 
get 24 packs with eight cards per pack in each box. Six young guns will be included in there as well. The set is 250 cards, contains 20 veterans, 30 young guns, and 20 first round rookies all in there. Yeah, 200 veterans. 200 veterans. What, what did you I say? Missed the zero, but what, what's the okay. what's what's zero between friends? Right? I, 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 was ju- I was jumping ahead there. I was reading that 20 down at the uh, first round rookies <laughs> there. <laughs> All right, one more new release this week is 2022 Select Football is out. 12 packs, five cards. You get two autos and one memorabilia. We don't have any a price on that yet, but they, uh, they're they coming out. So 2022 Select Football from Panini, uh, 12 packs, five cards per pack, and you get two autos and one memorabilia. Well, that wraps up uh, all the new releases for the week. Drew, we got a we got a, uh, a email from one of our listeners in, in, in uh it's Brian, Brian Murray. He's, for, he's a, a Connecticut collector. And um, he just wanted to pass along this, this, this um, oops. Is it, a, we call it an oops or a, a hiccup? Yeah, I guess that would probably be the best way to put it there. That, that's, it's at least the polite way of putting it, for sure. Well, he sent a, a puck to uh, Eddie Jockerman, who played goalie for the New York Rangers and, and a couple other teams. He sent it to get signed. He sent it along with a silver Sharpie and, uh, Jockman signed the puck, but he signed it in blue ink and you couldn't read, you can't read the writing. So, you know, Jockman does sign. And, you know, when you send something off to a guy, uh, an athlete that does required money, right. You, you, you hope it uh, is what you want. Right. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're paying out money from your own pocket to them to do something for you, then yeah, you kind of expect a certain degree of, uh, of getting what you want and getting what you, what you paid for basically. And so, yeah, a puck and blue Sharpie is just, Oh God, that's uh, I've, I've, I have a few blue Sharpie pucks and they're kind of pointless to be honest. Yeah, You so, can't see, you can't see the signature. Yeah. So I don't, I, you know what, I would actually come back to him and say, Hey, here, here's the pocket you signed. You can't read it. You can, you yeah. know, can you please send me a, a, a puck? I sent you along a, a silver Sharpie. Can you, you, you please resign it? And I don't think he would, would blame um, blanket that to you. I think he would resign it. It's worth a try at least for sure. I would say, but uh, I mean, if what I know about Eddie Jockman, I could see that going either way. You might get a note coming back saying, you know, too bad, 10 bucks again, deal with it, but you might also get it signed. So it's worth a try. I would say at the very least. Yeah. I, I you can't, if you're not going to be happy with it and it doesn't really mean anything to you, I would send it back and have him, have him. Uh, I'm sure he has hockey pucks hanging around, right? Yeah. I would, you would think he'd have a hockey puck hanging around that he can sign. Yeah, it's a good chance. And then he also writes his son is going to Japan, and he went, was wondering if there's any guys um, that TTM in Japan. You know, he's going to be in Japan, mm-hmm. and he's going to be doing. He'll be able to do some mailing from Japan. And I know you're a big uh, TTM, and you've TTM in Japan before. So, uh, yes. it, it, can you give any suggestions or any help him uh, to him and his son uh, for guys that might TTM in Japan? Yeah, I have tried a few. I haven't had the best luck on it, but I did get back um, a few years ago. Hideki Okajima former Red Sox pitcher. He has a film company, I believe, over in Japan. I mailed through the film company, got everything back in a few months. Um, I've seen a few success, but have not tried myself. Uh, Masanori Murakami, who, of course, pitched for the Giants back in the 1960s, is the first ever Japanese uh, Major League ball player. So I know he signs as well. His info should be on uh, sportscollectors.net or Sports Card Forum. Um, as for any kind of active players or anything like that, I haven't tried any other like retired players or anything like that. And even in terms of active players, Last year, I mailed out some to uh, some former major leaguers who were playing over in Japan, and I think I got back two out of the six that I sent. So uh, 
it's about as much of a crapshoot as sending to active major league ball players, basically, where you may get some, you may not. And unfortunately, that's about all that I know. But at least that's that's a little bit of a start right there, at least on a few a uh, few names to consider. Yeah, I wonder if uh, graphing uh, in Japan is like in the U.S. where, where the, you know, some parks are good and the guys sign and uh, other other parks aren't. And um, what is the, the culture about getting autographs in Japan uh, in person? It might be it might be different. I don't know. Yeah, I know uh, it doesn't seem to be as big in Australia, for example, as it is in the U.S. Uh, you see stuff with like any kind of the Australian football games. You don't see anybody like down right by the tunnel. They're trying to get players to sign very often. Um, I've seen a few like videos, like right at the end of a couple of AFL games, you'll see a few pl- fans out there asking for SIGs. And I've seen photos from practices of a few fans getting stuff signed, but it's nowhere near what it is here. And even like TTMing over in Australia, I don't think it's really that big of a thing either. Because, I mean, I think I mailed out what? 10 requests, 15 requests, something like that over to Australia. And I only got back maybe four of them. So yeah, some cultures, it's a big thing. Some it's not. And here in the U S it's, well, clearly it's a big thing. So I mean, we've got a podcast here that gets thousands <laughs> of listeners. So yeah. Well, Brian, hopefully your son has fun over in Japan and is safe and hopefully he gets some successes for you. You guys uh, let us know how you did. Okay. Let us know how you guys are doing. One piece of advice as well. Tell your son to pick up as many different varieties of Kit Kat bars as he can. Japan is known for having like hundreds of varieties of Kit Kat bars. And there's some really good ones. And there's some where I look at them. I'm like, I don't know about that. But uh, the ones that I have tried have all been excellent. So if you like Kit Kat bars, have him pick up a bunch of varieties of those while he's over there. All right, Brian, Drew and I are going to put our order in for Kit Kat. Uh, Kit Kat bars, okay. Yeah, Japanese exactly. Kit Kat bars. Uh, that that that's our order. You guys have a, uh, you know, have a, hopefully your son has a great trip and, and uh, scores a few autographs to you guys. Yeah. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week, or I should say, Hobby Happening. Right? It's not. It's not yeah, Baker's yeah. Dozen on Wednesday. It's Hobby Happening. So that right, wraps right. up Hobby Happenings, uh, guys. Coming up, I have an interview with Brandon Versal. Brandon Versal is founder and um, producer of The Cards Life, which is that the great TV show that has um, on all sorts of sports networks. It um, has had over 5,000 presentations uh, since it's been on is entering its third season. Uh, Make sure you check it out. It is a great show. You can go to the cardslifetv.com. Please enjoy my interview with Brandon Versal. This week's interview is brought to you by certified sports guarantee. CSGcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. All right, guys, I don't know if we should play happy birthday or happy anniversary for this guy. We are joined by Brandon Versal. Brandon Versal is the founder of The Card Life. He is the producer of The Card Life. It's hosted by Matt Strom. Brandon started The Card Life in June of 2021. There's been 20 episodes so far, which is unbelievable, Brandon. Congratulations. And it has aired over 5,200 times across the country, which is, un- I-, I can't even re- imagine that. Can you, can you go to a ballpark any- nowadays without, without people know who you are? 
<laughs> I don't know about me. I know Matt gets yelled at quite a bit and yeah, I'm on sure. the road and at home about collecting cards. But uh, but yeah, it's been an incredible run. Far, far exceeded any expectations I had two years ago. You know what I've noticed, Brandon, and I don't know if this is you've done this on purpose, but you've taken um, a lot more front and center in terms of social media posts and um, kind of branding yourself a little more. Was that uh, something you thought about? Uh, when you started the show or something that's just kind of grown grow into? Yeah, it was kind of at the beginning of this year. The the thing I'd run into is that, of course, Matt, we film with on the road, but I'm kind of the behind the scenes, you know, sponsorship and producing the content and contacting people. And so it was my wife who co-owns the company that we have together who said, you know, let's put you in some of these videos just talking about cards and your collection and things like that. So it's easier for you when you go to a card show or you go to a conference or even when you're just reaching out to people for stories, you know, let's get you in front of the camera just a little bit so people at least feel like they know you before you're you're reaching out and doing that. And it was a great idea. It's worked out really well. And it's, it's fun because I get to share some of my collection and some of the fun stories connected to it. I mean, that's that's the thing I enjoy the most about the hobbies. You can pick out almost any card, especially cards that personally mean something to you and there's a good story behind it or there's a good story into the the history of that player or that yeah. moment and so I love telling the stories of that stuff and I think it brings people into the hobby to kind of connect that history and fun instead of just thinking about how much a card is worth was it difficult you from the onset getting um you know, media people interested in it and, and having someone say, yeah, that's a, a great idea and and I, we'll take a chance on you. Was that was that difficult? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think I've I've had several people, you know, some of them are just trolls on social media say, well, yeah, you started a show because of the boom. That's the only reason that you're around. Well, I had this idea many years before, yeah. but I just knew that the Diamond Sports Group, who we had created TV shows for seven or eight years before the Card Life got launched, that if I would have went to them in 2019 and said, let's do a show about sports cards, they would have said no immediately. Like, how are you going to do a, a show about cardboard with guys' pictures on it? You, know, <laughs> you can't do a TV show about that. And so the boom did have to happen in order for me to then approach them. I knew at the time that you know, the Wall Street Journal was talking about the boom. ESPN was doing stories on it. It was everywhere. So it was just that key time that I knew I could go to those executives and say, hey, we can do a show about sports cards. And instead of getting a no at that time, it was within five minutes after I emailed, yes, let's do it. You know, how soon can you start producing shows? And uh, so it was, I mean, the boom allowed us to do that, but it had always been an idea of mine because I I just never understood why something that we had so much of a tie to in our youth and so many people do have a tie to just it, it wasn't on mainstream sports programming any anywhere like maybe somebody would mention something about it on a broadcast or, you know, maybe they'd open a pack if there was some kind of a deal between tops and MLB network, but there just wasn't any show about it. And the other thing about it is, you know, this is a time when fantasy sports and wagering they became parts of every TV broadcast you watch. And that didn't exist five or six years before. And I just thought, you know, there's a deeper tie to people to sports cards than there is to fantasy sports or to wagering, because we didn't do that from when we were four years old until 10 or 12 years old. And so I thought that that had the ability to kind of be that fourth head, live sports, fantasy sports, wagering, and then sports cards can be part of that daily mainstream 
discussion. And then, of course, at that time, I was guaranteed 100 airings a month across the 17 networks we were going to be on. But I, I was I was thankful that that was the, the minimum, but I didn't know if that would stick. And now last month, we had 420 airings on 27 networks. So people are watching it. I mean, a lot of it is because it's coming on after games and people, it, it grabs their attention and then they go and open their collections. We get those emails all the time. I haven't touched my collection in 20 years. Your <laughs> yeah. show came on after the Oklahoma City Thunder game and now I'm collecting again. That's the stuff we love to see, but it just didn't have a place in mainstream sports programming. And we're so glad that people have embraced it and it's just continued to expand. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking before we we started um, this, all these new shows out on, on, on the marketplace is the Ken Golden show. There's the MLB uh, card show and the, and there's talks of other shows. Um, do you think there's enough room in the marketplace for, for additional shows and, um, do you think we're, we're we've hit the high point in terms of interest in our hobby? No, I think there definitely is room, and I'm glad. You know, I'm glad those shows have come into the fray. I mean, the more attention on the hobby, the better, and it's great because you know Ken Golden's show is about collectibles, but it includes cards. But of course, a lot of it's about real high end stuff, which I think yep. is very entertaining. But a majority of collectors aren't looking at that and saying, "Well, that's achievable for me," or "That's something that's." in my collection or that I can collect. So it's kind of hitting a niche that we don't, we don't spend a lot of time on high-end cards or high-end collections. It's more about kind of different ways to collect or people with different collections, but we're not, you know, we're not talking about the super high-end stuff. And then card, it's great because they're getting a lot of players involved. You know, they have more of a studio style show. Right, they have, and they have access, right? Yeah, exactly. They have access that, you know, I, I may, sometimes Matt, you know, he brought Brandon Marsh in for the Arizona show we did this year, which was fantastic. Marsh had never really collected anything other than Yu-Gi-Oh cards when he was little. And so he had a blast. The funny thing about the, the Brandon Marsh thing is if you watch that episode, Brandon's opening cards and then like tossing them on the table and Matt is cringing every time <laughs> Marsh throws the card down. In fact, Matt's wife commented on our Instagram that Maddie would not let me handle cards like that. I would not get away with that. But um, so, yeah, they have the access. And so you get to hear players talking about that stuff. So, yeah, I think there's there's still growth ahead in that category. And like I said, if, if fantasy and gambling can have that big of a, a presence in in that mainstream program i mean who's to say that sports cards can't be part of that as well i, I know it's it's really uh it brings a smile to my face that people are interested in our hobby finally after after all the these years um in terms of uh, stories you guys are start you, you guys really focus on one city or one area for each episode, right? So the, you know, you're starting your third season. You're going to be focusing on, on Colorado. What are some of the stories we're going to see um, after Colorado and, and into 2023 that you've got? So we have kind of the, we have the months planned out, but I really don't like, so our next show that we'll release in, in uh, mid-July is called mid-June is Colorado. Yep. And then after that, um, I just kind of play it by ear in terms of where <laughs> I'm going to go. I look at where Matt's playing and usually try to match that up to, to a city. We're going to do an Illinois show uh, the next month after that. Matt plays in Chicago the last week in June. But that's one thing people can't believe is I'm, I'll film with Matt that last week in June and film all my content in Illinois. And that show will be on the TV two weeks later. Yeah. And 
it's great because we can do stuff that's timely that helps our sponsors a lot. They don't have to plan four months ahead of time of what they're going to want to be promoting in July. You know, we have sponsors that July 9th will say, these are the marketing things we want to hit on this show. And then six days later, it's on TV everywhere. So it's by design that we don't shoot until three or four weeks before a, an episode comes out. But yeah, we have Colorado plan. We have Illinois plan. I think Milwaukee is on the schedule. I know Atlanta is kind of matching up with what Matt has has ahead. And then the offseason allows us to go other places that aren't major league cities. Matt's willing to fly in and, and do stories in different places. So yeah, it's 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 very fluid. In fact, there's been lots of times that I thought this show was going to be six weeks away. And I said, no, there's a really cool story here. Let's change direction and do something different. We did what the only show we haven't done, like about a city, we did a hobby innovator show just because there were a lot of cool stories all over the country of people kind of innovating in the hobby. And I had two or three of them. I'm like, well, if I find three or four more, we could do an entire show about it. So that was an entire episode was just innovations in the hobby. So yeah, I want to thank you. I had Jeff Parker on from, uh, card cradle because of you so he he is uh he was he was a great guest and i i'm like you i love new oh. technology to the hobby and new things that come to come into the hobby and uh it's really exciting i think yeah like a, there's a, a belt behind me here on my on my camera i'm doing a story in colorado on a guy that made card belts he's just outside of denver and i went went to his house he has this whole garage set up he had about 700 of them on his wall Wow. And it was during the pandemic, he had these extra cards and wanted to try to make something out of it. And now he makes card belts and sells them all over the world. And they're just incredible. He like matches up guys that have funny mustaches or, you know, the most hated players by a certain team. And he makes belts out of them. I mean, just <laughs> stuff like that is just so unique and fun. And I love finding stories like that and, and doing it in different places. And yeah, Jeff with Card Cradle was fantastic. And his uh, his daughter and son-in-law live here in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'm at. So that's kind of how we mat matched up. And the next thing you know, he was actually over here at the office and we filmed, you know, how he did the card cradle and everything. It's it's such a small world thing when you get going. And there's so many great stories everywhere that even though I'm in the middle of the country and in, in Lincoln and not near a giant city, you know, I've had several stories just within an hour or two of here that I've been able to do that were really cool hobby related stories. What has surprised you most about um, the show in terms of when you, you know, I, I, when you, when you have, when you start something, you always have these preconceived notions, right? Okay. This is my, what I have an I, I, my idea and this is what's going to happen. And in year one, we're going to do this and year two, we're going to do this. Um, what's really surprised you and have you had to make adjust adjustments to your original uh, business plan? Yeah, I, I'd say one thing was, is that I thought our audience would be like 75% people entrenched in the hobby and 25% just general sports fans that kind mm -hmm. of stumble upon the show. And I'd say it's almost more the other direction. We get more emails of those people who are watching, you know, the Red Sox. And then the show comes on after a game or before the pregame show. And then they're emailing me asking, how do I look up what the value of my cards are? How do I know what I have? Who in my area can I take these two to yeah. look at? I mean, it has been, and it's it's been great for the hobby. That's that's the reason it's great. I mean, of our our twenty seven regional sports networks, they cover two thirds of MLB, NBA, NHL teams. So 
that these shows come on around those live sports that people are tuning into those sports networks for. And so I think that's the biggest thing and that I can't be too um, assumptive that everybody knows what parallel cards are yeah. and insert cards and numbered cards because there's a lot of people tuning in that haven't opened a pack since the early 90s or the late 80s and that stuff didn't exist then. So they don't, you know, that's just foreign language to them. And we want to make it so that it's easy for those people to transition back into being involved in the hobby again. So that's been probably my biggest thing is that I thought that focus was going to be on the core people into the hobby. Sure. I have to be careful that just general sports fans tuning in, we want it to be friendly and interesting to them so that they get involved in the hobby because that just grows it from there. I think Matt has really grown as a host. I think his he, he seems a lot more natural on camera now and uh, his interviewing is, is, is uh, leaps and bounds on when he started. Are you, uh, are you surprised how well Matt has <laughs> fallen into that position? Yeah, it is such a tough thing to never do anything like that before. And then I just met, first time I ever met him was when we were filming in Arizona. It's like, okay, you're going to go in and ask these questions and we're just going to run with it. So, and in fact, when we first started, we had to wear masks because there was all the protocols with players. So there was that too, that he's having to host a TV show wearing a mask, which of course nobody has ever had to do before at that, that point in time. We were one of the few shows that were actually producing content during the the pandemic. And so, yeah, it was, I can't even imagine for him the nervousness of having to do that. And now he's just so comfortable. He walks in, he chats with people and, and him getting to break cards is still one of my favorite things. Cause it's so cool to sit there with an athlete and, you know, he pulls a card out and maybe a player I barely heard of. Oh yeah. This was my first roommate when I was in the minors with the Royals or this guy's taken me deep three times and and just little tidbits and stories. It's just so fun every month to have them go through cards and, and tell some of that stuff. But he's grown so much. I mean, his agent originally told me when we were first talking about the show that he would never would have imagined he could match up something with an athlete that collects cards. There just aren't marketing opportunities really sure. for someone like that. But he said, every time I talk to Matt about cards, it's like talking to a kid. He's just so excited and exuberant about cards. And so if you can make that come on camera, then you're going to be just fine. And it is that way. I mean, he's just like a, a little kid when he gets to open cards. He's so good about talking to people. And he's genuinely interested in ask questions that somebody sitting at home would ask as well. So yeah, he's uh, he's done so so well, and uh, and he puts up with the fact that I message him two weeks before and say, hey, <laughs> "All um, right, uh, is this day going to be okay?" And I know you have a, a a late flight the night before. Can we meet at nine in the morning and and film this? He's been he's been fantastic, and he's just as genuine as he appears on camera. He's just a down to earth, easygoing guy who who loves to collect. Do you have a favorite story? You know, the, the, the you've done, I know it's hard. You, you've done so many stories now, 20 episodes, and uh, each each story has its own uniqueness to it. And I'm sure it touches you one way or another. Uh, the, one, one of the first stories that you guys did that I really loved was the 1990 tops. Uh, no blacks. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. And I thought that was a great story. But do you have a favorite story? You know, my favorite one was another one that was local here that I didn't even know was local. So 
at the national, it was just last year, uh, Jacob McNeely, who owns a sports car shop just up the road, was breaking live. He, it was a 20, what was it, 2012 Prism, the first year of NBA basketball. And he had everybody bought into a break and he was doing it live on a stage at national. And the box had the Panini logos. It was sealed and everything. He'd had it for about six months, I think, before that break. You know, he cuts open the box, opens it up, and it's Austin Powers cards inside, which, of course, are, are worthless. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, you could see because he had a camera on himself and on the box and just this moment of astonishment. And what do I do? Like all these people paid a lot of money. It was, I think, $400 a, a pack or something like that to buy into this break. And it, it's a fake box. What do I do? And he handled it tremendously he ended up pulling up another box he had off to the side of curry's rookie year and broke that instead and gave the people the option of you know taking the cards from that break but they refunded the money of the people they did so i saw that story and how well he handled it and then i found out he was in omaha i reached out to him and then found out more about some of the background of this and Jacob in his like eight to nine years old was in like juvenile detention and uh, just said he got into a lot of trouble as a youth and just was going a bad direction. And he had one of the people that was essentially his his mentor, somebody that was kind of checking in on him, say, hey, if you have a good week, I'll give you a pack of cards at the end of the week. And he said, literally, that was my motivation to be good week to week was getting a pack of cards. And I just got into collecting and cards. And that kind of became my focus and centered me. And now, you know, this was 14 years after that. He's got a full time job. He's got a card shop, loves cards, knows everything about cards. And he said in that moment when that happens on that stage with people watching He's thinking in his head, I can either react really badly in this situation and ruin my reputation and ruin everything I've built, but I'm not that person anymore. And he handled it beautifully. So what was just a moment that I happened to capture, you know, was happened to be watching and, and saw how things went through, had so much cooler of a backstory to it that cards had changed Jacob's life. And it kind of culminated in that moment of how he was going to handle things 14 years later. And he handled it beautifully. So stuff like that is just, it, there's just so much more to cards than, than just looking at pieces of cardboard with, like I said, guy, female and male pictures on the front. <laughs> um, they, they mean a lot, a lot more to a lot of people and have made a big difference in some people's lives. I mean, the hobbies really changed uh, since you started even, right? We have, uh, all the influx of fanatics and, and purchasing tops and uh, now PWCC. How do you how do you see that falling out for the hobby? Um, do you think it's positive? Um, I think that still remains to be seen. I think because we go to we filmed in thirty different states. We usually film in a different local card shop every city that we go to. Yep. And there's definitely a lot of worry. I mean, that's the thing I hear more than anything else, especially with local card shop owners of what is the future? You know, are card shops part of that plan? And and is everything going to be direct to consumer? Is that the model they're they're working towards? So I think generally, just from people, I hear that concern, and I think that still remains to be seen. I I don't see a world existing where LCSs aren't a big part of the hobby. I think they're an essential part and and have to be there. Um, and I just hope that 
you know, the allocation side and who gets what and all that kind of stuff gets worked out because there's nothing better. Like I said, when we go to places all over the country, there's nothing better than talking to those card shop owners and talking about, you know, their origin story of how they got started and and have built the, their shop and what their specialty is from, you know, I, you know, 75% of my business is singles. That's what I, that's what I do more than boxes. So it doesn't really affect me if I'm getting two cases of Bowman or I'm not. Right. Um, so I think it's just a big question mark right now in terms of of what the future is. The great thing from from our perspective, we just find good stories everywhere we go. So it doesn't affect us a, a whole lot. But I definitely have concern for all the people I've talked to over the last two years sure. of what the future is and making sure that these people who are great people, fantastic people, great ambassadors for the hobby are part of all of this moving forward. We're speaking with Brandon Versal. Brandon is uh, the father of the Cards Life. He started uh, two, three years ago now. Uh, it's, he's starting the, his third season in June. Uh, it is going to be an episode about Colorado. You can follow the CardLifeTV.com. You can follow him on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. He is on YouTube. You can see all the episodes. What You have to wait 30 days before an episode yeah, it's yeah, it has 30 days of exclusive broadcast airings. We've been actually waiting like 45 days because people were confused. Like we roll out a new episode on YouTube on the same day it was on TV and people were confused as to what was what. And so we wait till the first of the month is when we debut a new YouTube episode, which is what what episode was on TV six weeks prior. And then on the 15th of every month is usually when a new episode debuts. You know, you've had over 5,000 showings on uh, TV, uh, on cable. Um, has your viewership increased in, in uh, over time? And is it still growing incrementally? Yeah, yeah. It's It, it seems to be in terms of, I mean, we're at, we've obviously get more and more airings every single month. And so I our, our viewership expands. We get Nielsen ratings for a few of our networks, and there's been times like on we we get Nielsen's from from Nesson, and uh, that they've had twenty to twenty five thousand people watching an episode. And I look at attendance at some teams in the majors. I'm like, hey, there's more people watching the Card Life. Isn't on, that humbling to you? Sunday like, night. oh, it's fantastic. My, my, my little TV show that I started, and now now thousands and thousands of people watch it every every month. Isn't that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, even just when I I talk to people and they ask, you know, what I do for a living, and I say, well, one of the things I do is produce a show about sports cards, and they think sports cars, oh, so sports cars like Lamborghinis and stuff like that. No, sports cards like baseball cards, and they're like, you do a TV show about that? I'm like, well, <laughs> actually, at sometimes twenty five thousand people are watching it at a time. So yeah, like I said, it's been. Uh, far exceeded expectations of of what our audience is and and how many times it airs and those networks wouldn't air it if people weren't weren't watching it and the other thing is is like our these aren't showings at two o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning our number one airing time is 6 30 p.m which is that time slot usually that leads into a a baseball game for the game yep yeah and then uh 10 o'clock is usually our second one which is right after a game so we get so much of that carryover audience and the fact they're putting in that time slot means that people are either tuning in early or sticking around afterwards to watch it which is fantastic for us do you have a uh, a get in terms of somebody that you want to get on as a get a guest or a story that you want to do that you haven't had a, a chance to do yet 
I am always looking for, I loved uh, Terry Smith. I loved interviewing him about the provisions cards. I love talking to Tom Guideman about the, being the first employee at Upper Deck. And it's yep. probably tied to the fact that that was my key collecting era when I was a kid. I started like 1984-ish and collected till about 92 before I started up again 17 years later. But those stories, I would love to find other people that have a history, especially in tops from the 50s and 60s. I have a really good lead on someone that I'm hoping an upcoming episode um, will be part of. But I love that historical pioneers, innovators in the hobby. I love talking to those people. And uh, I'm hoping to, I've been kind of delaying this, but I'm hoping to, I want to take some of those interviews and not turn them into a regular podcast because TTM cast is my, my regular sports card podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brandon. <laughs> I, um, I would love to talk. I talked to Terry Smith for 90 minutes and I would love to turn those just into long form interviews so people can tune in and hear more of Terry Smith's story. His, his uncle was a globetrotter and his other uncle played semi-pro basketball and they would stay at his house when when they'd come through the town when he was growing up as a kid and the importance of Lou Alcindor's card coming out in, in 1969. Like there's so many details in a four to six minute segment. I can't get all of those details in that I'd love to be able to share with people. And I probably have 15 of those long interviews built up that I just want to turn into more of a storytelling thing where I'm kind of narrating yeah. the story, but then using the sound bites. That's one of my goals, just because it's such good stuff that I want to share it with more people. Do you have anything special planned for the national this year? I don't. It of course it never matches up where Matt's playing in a city. He's in Chicago the last week in June, and he's not in in Chicago during the national this year. So I don't know yet if I'm gonna make it work. The last the last two times I've been filming with Matt somewhere at the same time the national is going on, so it just hasn't hasn't matched up so i don't know i don't know if i'll be able to to make it work and get there and film some content or not you know it gives me the opportunity to do some stories while i'm there just because there's so many more people in the right every there but i don't i don't know as much there's a lot of content creators that walk around and are looking at cards and showing off cards and that content exists a lot on social media so i don't know if me acquiring that and then putting that on tv six weeks later it probably isn't great content for our show, but I'd love to be there. Like the Mint Collective was the first like big, not show, but first event that I'd gone to like that. And I yeah. got to meet so many new people in the hobby and make, you know, attach faces to social media profiles and talk more in depth with people. So I'd love to do that again at the National. I just don't know if it'll work out. What are you working on for your PC? What are you, what are you, what are you working on for collecting? Oh, so one of the really cool things. So my, my cousin, I don't know if we talked about this on previous times that we've chatted, but my cousin played for the Dallas Cowboys. His name was Miles Austin. He was a wide receiver and played several years in the NFL, played for the Eagles as well. But for the first time ever on eBay, and I've had this tag, so I get a, a notification if it ever came up, I've been trying to get a one-of-one -one super fractor of Miles. And it finally popped up like six weeks ago. It was a 2010 <laughs> Tops Finest. And I think the asking price was like 400. And I'm like, wow. I'm not paying $400 for this. And I think I just offered like 175 and they accepted it. And I was like, all right. And so I got that super factor. So now I'm just going to go through and collect and get, get the rainbow. I've never collected a rainbow of any card, but, and it's going to be pretty easy. Actually, most of them are, are available that I can just sit down and take the time to buy, but 
yeah, that's my uh, my big PC thing right now. And then uh, I'm still always Ichiro and Joe Maurer are my two other guys. So I'm always looking for cards of both of them. The time that I was with the Mariners that I got to watch Ichiro every day is probably <laughs> one of my favorite. Wait, is Maurer eligible this year or next year? When's he eligible? Um, I'm trying to think. I think it would be next year. And next year, right? I don't know if there'll be a first ballot, but I think he's. it's pretty assured. Oh, he's going to he get in. in. I would think so. And then uh, I'm, I haven't been to the Hall of Fame now in about 20 years, but I'm hoping when Ichiro gets inducted that first year, that's my next trip to the Hall of Fame. I would love to go out there for his induction ceremony. That's going to be a really cool, cool moment in baseball history. Well, Brandon, I want to wish you a happy anniversary, happy birthday for the show, starting his third season with the show on Colorado in June. It's uh, coming out when it, like mid-June, like 14th or 12th or something like that, right? Yeah, June 15th is usually the 15th of the month yeah. is usually when one some of the stations start airing it usually on the 15th. And though those his show airs across most of the major sports networks, uh, cable sports networks, including Nesson up here in New England, Masson in uh, Maryland. I know you're in um, Bally's, uh, uh, most of the country. So make sure you check it out. You go to thecardlifetv.com. That's everything you want to learn about his uh, TV show. And also you can link to all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're all there. You can just click on the links, follow him. He's on YouTube. You can watch all the old episodes there. So you, you, there's 20 episodes right now and you can catch up on, on him if you've never watched a show. Drew and I, Brandon, it's our favorite show. We always we, we look forward to it every month. <laughs> And uh, he even featured me in one episode, in the Boston episode. So that that that's my my uh, my claim to fame, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun shoot at the shop there, and outside of Boston, we had a had a really good time. Of course, I didn't direct Matt on the correct way to pronounce some of the Boston uh, cities and neighborhoods <laughs> around. I, I I screwed that up and made Matt look bad by telling him how to pronounce. I don't even remember what what ones they were, but uh, I know next time we're going to consult with you, Jeff, and we'll make sure that we don't make that mistake again. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. You guys, you guys are awesome. Uh, Matt is, is uh, been great. Um, you know, he's, he, he he's, uh, unfortunately he's a Philly, not a Red Sox, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let that slide. All right. Good luck. And, and please stay in touch. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you. Guys, getting the value of your trading cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collects app. And now you can buy and sell cards with other collectors. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC, sell off your cards for top dollar, and trade up to get your Grail card. Or if you're just looking to manage your collection, try Collects Pro, where you can export your collection, print checklists, and much more. Download Collect C-O-L-L-X for free on the App Store or Google Play. Well, Drew, Brandon's been a, a great show to the friend, uh, a great friend of the show. I'm going I'm to get it right. It's it's early in the morning. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy uh, his work. And uh, Matt Strom is, I think he's come a long way since he started hosting a couple of years ago. He, he does a great job. So if you guys haven't checked out The Cards Life, go to The Cards Life TV. It's on uh, .com or you can find it on um, YouTube. And you can watch some of the the shows. I think it, the rule is that once the show the show has been running for thirty days on TV, then they can put it online. So make sure you check that out, and you can watch it. Check your local listings um, for all the sports networks in uh, in the country to check it out for the current current shows. So 
Brendan, thank you. Congratulations. Uh, wishing you the best of, of season three, right? Absolutely. It's a great show to check out. It's You can even sit there and just like binge watch an entire season. Like if you didn't catch season two or anything like that, just go on YouTube, put it on. It'll keep you entertained for a good long time. Yeah, I think they've done 20 shows right now. So 20 yeah. shows are done and they're really good shows. The thing I like about the show is that there's there's segments there for new collectors, but there's also segments for advanced collectors like Drew and I. Um, and I always find at least one or two uh, stories that I that I didn't know something about and that are, are really interesting. And Brandon and his team do a great job uh, putting together the show. It's it's, it's very uh, professionally done. It's, it's really a fun yes. show. Yes. All right, guys, Saturday, we have our Saturday show. We have Star Wars card collector, crazy card collector. His name is David Dixon, and we're going to talk to David about um, Star Wars, current Star Wars, vintage Star Wars. He, uh, ha- You should see his room, guys. Oh, my God. Drew, you should see his <laughs> display cases. He has these display cases with lighting and glass doors, and it's unbelievable, huh? Nice. I'm jealous. So we're going to talk to David Dixon about uh, collecting Star Wars. And then also we're going to talk to Les Wolf about getting ready for the National. The National is coming up soon, as we said. It's the end of July. And we're going to talk to Les. Les, I think, is going to every National. And we're going to talk to Les about uh, what you should do as a collector to be prepared for the National so that you um, your time is best spent, right, at the National. And Drew and I have done a few Nationals. And you need help. You need some tips, right, Drew? You can't just, you can't just go in blind. Yeah, I mean, even if you go there for the entire week that it goes on, even if you've been to several of them and know what you're doing, there is still stuff that you're going to miss. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have somebody like Les to kind of give you the rundown of what to make sure you do, kind of the order to do everything in, and just the best way to make the most of your time there. Very cool. And then next week, next uh, Wednesday, we're going to have Rick Dempsey on again. Rick Dempsey, of course, is the 1983 World Series MVP. He was a member of the 83 uh, Orioles that won the World Series. We're also a member of the 88 Dodgers that won a world, the World Series. And we're going to talk to Rick about catching, about collecting, about just about everything. Rick, uh, Rick is like kind of like Les. I just gave him a, st- a subject and he just goes. <laughs> so I have a really long interview next week with, with Rick Dempsey. That will be on next Wednesday. Drew, anything else before I let you go? No, I think that covers everything pretty well. Um, yeah, just looking forward to hopefully some uh, TTMs coming through for us to talk about on Saturday. Yeah, and we got we have Drew and I have a great interview scheduled on uh, this next this Tuesday coming up. Uh, we won't let we won't say who it is, but it's um, rock and roll royalty, right? It is. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a couple members there to. Uh, open up about uh, some things that they've been doing here related to sports and uh, music together. It'll be, I think it could be some uh, fun stuff there. Yeah. And that will come out. Maybe, maybe we'll play that um, next Saturday if all works out well. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, We've got all sorts of cool interviews coming up guys. I want to thank all my, all the listeners, guys, new listeners, as well as the guys that have been with us. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy our show. Uh, Please send us an email. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to be a uh, guest on the show, we love to talk to guys in Collector's Corner. Uh, I think that's it, Drew. I will uh, wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you on Saturday. Be good.